A new poll reveals the majority of Canadians believe they're financially worse off since Justin Trudeau was elected. The Saskatchewan government makes good on their promise to stop collecting the federal carbon tax on natural gas and electrical heat. A group of concerned citizens in Abbotsford, British Columbia established a multi-day overnight camp to protest gender ideology in schools on a 24-7 basis. Hello Canada, it's Tuesday, January 2nd, and this is the True North Daily Brief. I'm Cosman Georgia. And I'm Noah Jarvis. We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. A new Nanos poll has revealed that over half of Canadians say they're personal finances are worse off today than they were in 2015 when Prime Minister Justin Trudeau first took office. In 2015, Trudeau ran on an election campaign promise to quote, help the middle class and those aspiring to join it. However, in 2023, with the high cost of living, inflation and interest rate hikes, Millions of indebted Canadians said they will be voting with these issues being their top priority. The poll saw 53% of respondents saying that their personal finances are worse now than they were eight years ago. The poll conducted by Nanos Research on behalf of Bloomberg News found that only 24% of respondents said that they were better off financially today than in 2015 while the remaining 21% said that there had been no change in their finances. Respondents aged 35 to 54 years old were the most likely to be taking a negative hit financially, with 61% of that cohort saying that they were now worse off. Well, Noah, there really has been about a year of these negative polls. And we know that Trudeau and his cabinet has taken a hit in their popularity. They have some of the lowest polling numbers right now, but there isn't an election slated until 2025. And Canadians have elected Trudeau multiple times. In 2021, their finances weren't faring that well, although inflation had not reached the point it has today. 2021 was a rough year for many, and yet they re-elected Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. And the Liberals have taken it upon themselves to criticize their opponent, Conservative leader Pierre Polyev, by comparing him to former Prime Minister Stephen Harper. Yet we know for many people that times were much better under the Harper government. So, When you look at the results of this poll, is this a really good strategy coming from the Liberals? I don't think it's the best of strategies to compare Polyev to Harper, simply because, you know, as you stated, uh, Canadians were generally doing better off 
financially under Harper's regime than they were under the Trudeau government. The fact of the matter is that Stephen Harper's moderate economic policy and approach to the 2008 financial crisis led Canada into a great position. Going into this new decade uh, that had just passed, but you know, under the economic management of the Trudeau government, the country has seen a deterioration in our uh, economic situation. Uh, as you alluded to, more Canadians cannot afford the e everyday necessities of life, and they believe that perhaps if things were, uh, if Canada's management were more like it was 10 years ago under Harper, then perhaps they would be in a better position financially. And going forward, uh, they might turn to uh, Pierre Polyev as an attractive option. So uh, I don't believe that there's much uh, rhetorically that the Trudeaus can do to overcome their unpopularity and sort of turn uh, their unpopularity back onto the Conservatives. Uh, but comparing Polyev to Harper surely doesn't seem like the best of strategies. Saskatchewan residents will no longer be charged the carbon tax on natural gas and electric heating. The Saskatchewan government says its natural gas utility, Sask Energy, will stop collecting the carbon tax as of Monday for customers. The move comes after Prime Minister Justin Trudeau exempted the tax on home heating oil last year, which mostly benefited residents in Atlantic Canada. When Saskatchewan asked for the exemption to cover all other forms of heating, the Trudeau government denied the request. In response, Saskatchewan said it would stop collecting the tax starting 2024. The province passed legislation last year to shield Sask Energy executives from legal consequences as a result of not collecting the carbon tax, putting the burden instead on the province. However, when asked by the Canadian press if the Canada Revenue Agency has delisted Sask Energy, the agency said the Greenhouse Pollution Pricing Act prevents it from discussing details of specific cases. Further, Sask Energy has declined interviews over the issue and directed media requests to the provincial government. Saskatchewan said the average resident in the province can expect to save $400 next year by not paying the carbon tax. So, Cosman, it seems as if the Trudeau government's exemption on the carbon tax on uh, home heating oil has prompted Saskatchewan to uh, take action in uh, just not collecting the carbon tax on uh, home heating in their province. So, do you believe that the new year will see more provinces uh, taking a similar tact as Premier Scott Moe? Well, there's definitely going to be a mounting showdown over the carbon tax the Liberals are being pressured, I think, for the first time ever to actually consider getting rid of the federal carbon tax altogether. Now, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau has indicated he does not want to offer any other exemptions, but provincial governments have taken it into their own hands, and it really is up to, you know, governments like Saskatchewan to collect the federal carbon tax and, and distribute it back to the federal government. So they've taken this decision themselves to stop collecting. And that puts the ball back into the federal government's court because now it will have to resort probably, I think, to legal challenges and, and measures in order to get the courts to force the Saskatchewan government and any other governments that will follow to start collecting the money again so it, it, it is just another angle of attack whether it will be successful or not uh, is yet to be seen but we're we're seeing a lot more opposition from the premiers 
and I think Prime Minister Justin Trudeau really just opened Pandora's box with that exemption because it really challenged the core principle uh, of the carbon tax. And if we can, if we can sort of give exemptions to liberal-friendly jurisdictions then it, it is obviously a political ploy. And many people saw the carbon tax when it was first introduced as a punishment for provinces like Alberta and Saskatchewan. Right, Cosman. And uh, as you alluded to earlier, the principle of the carbon tax has been broken if the carbon tax was such a good measure at preventing the emission of greenhouse gases and uh, wasn't a detriment to Canadians' ability to put food on the table and to heat their homes, uh, then they wouldn't need to make that carve-out. And the fact that Saskatchewan, in the interests of their voters, is not collecting the carbon tax uh, levy anymore uh, just goes to show that this is not actually something that Canadians want and that Canadians believe is stopping emissions as the Trudeau government repeats ad nauseum. A group of concerned citizens in Abbotsford, British Columbia, have established a multi-day overnight camp to protest gender ideology in schools on a 24-7 basis. For over 90 days, the group has been protesting SOGI, which stands for Sexual Orientation and Gender Identity Curriculum, in schools each day. Three to four people have been staying overnight in the tents at the intersection of South Fraser Way and Clearbrook Road, which is privately owned land. The group receives frequent honks of support, especially in the evenings, which become quite lively with dozens of more protesters and the occasional speaker. One of the activists, Kanjwalit Singh said that upwards of 100 to 200 people protest at the camp at different points throughout the day, with many of the supporters being local teachers who feel stifled within the education system, as well as Christians and Eastern Europeans. However, the core group of protesters are Punjabi. Singh is able to be at the camp full-time because he lost his software engineering job two months ago, due to his earlier anti-Soji activism during the 1 million March for Children on September 20th. The individuals on site said they are not being paid to be there, and they are not associated with any particular organization. The tents, generator, heater, hot beverages, portable washroom, signboards, and all other equipment were self-funded or donated by friends. So I've been to this protest and uh it was only recently that they really established this camp and it's quite a thing to see there are full facilities there's a washroom there's a place where the protesters sleep and they're really out there all of the time uh albeit the size of the crowd it does change throughout the day but they've been protesting in this location for several months and now it's become a permanent encampment. Now, we know in the legacy media there has been less attention paid to the opposition to gender identity in schools. It was really at its height at the beginning of the fall when we saw those protests take place across Canada. But as parents resort to more drastic measures, Noah, could we see 
this issue become one of the top issues again, especially as we face the prospect of another election. Well, I believe that last year's One Million March for Children wasn't a one-off event. This is These types of uh, protests, this type of activism is going to get more and more popular when people feel that their children are being indoctrinated in schools. Uh, this is only going to grow uh, as uh, Mr. Singh uh, was fired for his job, uh, from his job for his anti-Soji activism. Uh, this has led him to you know, protest full-time as more and more people are harmed by the uh, gender identity agenda, uh, whereas you know children are being taught this in school or they're being fired from their jobs, uh, yeah, more and more people are going to uh, not accept this. And if politicians want to capitalize on the backlash to the gender identity agenda, uh, they should come out in support of these types of protests. I know that the BC Conservative Party uh, has made statements in the legislature uh, that have condemned the, the sort of over-sexualization of content in children's books, uh, which is a, a positive sign for those who are looking uh, for politicians to speak up on this issue. But if, say, the Federal Conservative Party or provincial parties in Alberta or in Ontario want to capitalize on this support, uh, they should come out in opposition to the sexual indoctrination agenda. That's it for today, folks. Don't forget to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know. Thanks for tuning in, and don't forget to share our work with your friends and neighbors. And if able, please consider supporting independent media at donate.tnc.news. <laughs> <laughs>